And here it is another Saturday in CCO land when we have our wine chat with, well, Jack Farrell, but it's our friend Ted Farrell this morning. Nice to chat with you again, Ted. Good morning, Denny. How are things? Uh, things are really well. We have a little bit of weather coming in, nothing serious or severe, but a few a few little showers. And then, uh, of course, that's, that's easy for me to say. I don't have any graduation parties or anything today outside. But, yeah, uh, that's a nail biter this time of the year when you really plan some is. outdoor activities, and whether it's a wedding or graduation or something. But I suppose that's what uh, the living in Minnesota is yep. all about. You're always worried about the weather, some way, shape, or form. Indeed, we are. Well, what uh, what can we talk about today, Ted? Well, I guess we could. You know, look, uh, we've talked about uh, some grilling and things like that. You know, we could talk about what goes well when you go grilling, and uh, you know, grilling is. You know, kind of the summertime uh, pastime of Minnesotans. Everybody loves to, you know, go man the grill and sit outside and enjoy outdoors. That's for sure. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you, so many people think when you grill, you just, you know, have one certain wine. And I'd say you oftentimes want to tailor what you're serving uh, to what you're preparing on the grill. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, uh, let's say, you know, you, you're playing with the, the menu and, you know, you go to your first butcher shop and your favorite butcher shop, I should say, and you're kind of promenading around, seeing what's good, seeing what's great. And, you know, when you select a certain thing, whether you're doing bratwurst or whether you're doing a big steak, you know, that can really influence what wines to serve. And, you know, with a, a bratwurst, obviously, you know, your first assumption is always beer because you soak it in beer and all that. And there's so many great craft beers out there. You know, it's really hard to, like, chase after it. You know, one of my favorites is, like, a surly beer to do that with. But when it comes to wine, you know, I think it's best to maybe even go back to the the, the kind of the fatherland and where which bratwurst are uh, from and have a little Riesling. Now, Rieslings are often now, you know, kind of misunderstood because so many people think that Rieslings are very, very sweet, very, very sugary, and that's not the case at all. Just the other day, we made some bratwurst on the grill, and I served... A Thanish Riesling. Dr. Thanish, the Thanish family, has been an old, old-time German family in the town of Burncastle so long, where they also have a little property called Burncastle or Badstube, which translates as the bathtub because there's a hot spring up on the vineyard. <laughs> and then the, and the most famous of their vineyards is called Burncastle Doctor. Now, the reason why it's called Doctor back in the, uh, you know, about the 1400s, the prince of Burncastle felt it fell ill and all the doctors of the time didn't know what to do with them. And, you know, in those days, you hung people by their thumbs and you bled them and you did all kinds of horrible things. Well, the, the Thanish relative walked up, gave them a little bit of the wine and go figure the doctor felt or the, the prince felt terrific after drinking the wine. And so, you know, and wouldn't you, after doing all those horrible things, a little glass of wine might help anything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what a picture. Okay. <laughs> but, but with that, the, they have a basic Riesling that retails around $14, $15. And it's so light. It's so crisp. It's nice and acidic. And the terrific thing about that is you can put that kind of right in the bottom of the ice chest and get it nice and cold. And that would be one of my suggestions if you're grilling bratwurst. You know, but even if you just uh, decide to throw some quick chicken breasts on top of the grill and go at it, you know, and chicken breasts oftentimes reflect all the different flavors that you want to put in, whether you're marinating it or whatnot. But believe it or not, a nice, simple Chardonnay would do very well with that. Um, you know, and though there are so many Chardonnays to choose from, you know, but one of my favorites is Laforge. It comes from the Paul Moss vineyards down in the south of France, but it is just a terrific balance between oak 
you know, there's a little bit of that butteriness, but it isn't that really big, super powerful oak. And as you kind of remember when we were in Sonoma, we were kind of learning so much about how uh, nowadays with Chardays, people are really not trying to expose it to a lot of oak because it is too powerful. And this one in particular is just delicious with any kind of chicken breast that you're putting out on your grill and whatever you're serving. Also, yeah, and also, you know, if you're also doing, uh, you know, the big crux and, you know, it's always any griller's pride and joy is when you put the big piece of steak out there. And, uh, you know, that could always be a tricky one. You know, you don't know how rare or uh, overcooked or whatever it is. But, you know, with that, again, I would either recommend a classic California Cabernet. Uh, one of my favorites is it's called Angel's Landing. It's a lovely little Cabernet, and it's very affordable as well. But you can go kind of get the world your oyster again with all those California calves. But a lot of those are made so big and so robust that they really do stand up to those uh, to those steaks. And uh, they're very enjoyable and wonderful time to do it. I mean, today's a little bit chilly, but, you know, sometimes on those hot days, there's nothing better than a big piece of steak and a lovely cabernet. Oh, you know what? I, again, your dad talks about Malbec as well as you you do. Uh, but where does Malbec fit in on the grilling scene, would you say? Well, you know, I, 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 they definitely rank up there. Now, you could start out Malbecs with like a, a, a simple hamburger. You know, and again, hamburgers, uh, you know, it, it's so funny that hamburgers are so simple in a sense to cook. But sometimes one of the trickiest things to cook as far as the doneness and, you know, doing the right thing, not overcooking, not undercooking. But with that, a Malbec would be a wonderful wine. You know, it's a uh, popular grape varietal out of Argentina. One of my favorites is called Spice Block, and it truly is. I mean, it's really round. It has a little bit of a peppery finish on the backside, and it's just a great wine. Very inexpensive as well. So as you're just kind of, you know, noshing away on that hamburger, you're washing it down with a glass of wine, and you know it's terrific. And that's the best thing about those Malbecs is that a lot of them are very, very affordable. And so you can have one or two, maybe you pick up a case or something, you have it around, uh, and then, you know, you don't have to worry about that once your guests arrive or as you're, you know, enjoying your your uh, your creation off the grill that you're, it's just a simple wine to enjoy, nothing to sit and analyze. It's just, as uh, some winemakers just say to me, just just drink it, stupid. <laughs> now, speaking of Malbec, here all the time I thought that Malbecs were always from Argentina, you know, Mendoza. But uh, you guys have talked about, uh, pardon the expression, a French connection with Malbec. Well, yes, the classic area in which... Uh, Malbec was started was in the Cahors region, which is in the southwest area of France. And it's a very, very dark, very rich wine. I mean, just an old classic, classic tooth stainer. I mean, it's so rich in color. Uh, and, you know, and it, it was always, you know, sort of a regional wine. But then with people at the turn of the, actually last century, sorry, uh, people moving down to uh, Argentina, they transplanted it. And once it left those soils, it just developed its own characteristics down in that Argentinian soil of the Andes Mountains and all the great runoff and all that. So, but the Cajo region is a one. It's kind of up and coming. People are sort of rediscovering it. Um, but that's where their Malbec was originated. They even used Malbec in and around parts of Bordeaux as a blending grape. But it de- definitely became its own star once it went down to Argentina. Well, speaking of uh, Europe, a a friend of mine has family in uh, Austria, and he likes 
Austrian wines. Now, are they are they readily available? I know when we were in Austria and Germany, they were obviously, but uh, how about here? They are, and there are a few. There's some around where it's just one of those things. It hasn't kind of translated. A lot of those, uh, like Alsatian, Austrian, even a lot of German wines are a little bit not in favor right now due to the fact that everyone just equates them as uh, very like sweet, very simple wines. And there are definitely Austrian wines out there. The, the only kick is there isn't that many, only due to the fact that the demand, you know, when people go there, they love them, they try them, uh, they enjoy them as you're just sitting there having a little, uh, you know, Wiener schnitzel, et cetera. But once it comes back over here, sometimes the prices might be a little bit high and uh, whatnot. But the Austrian wines, very similar to the German very similar to even the Alsatian, but it's just, as far as a, a supply and demand side of things, really not a lot of there. There's about, you know, 20 wines total that are in you know, available in the entire market. And so it isn't a wide selection, uh, but it's definitely there. How about the Spanish wines? Are, are, they, I mean, are they, they're still around, obviously. Are they, are they popular as, uh, as ever? Well, the best thing about a lot of the Spanish wines are that they are very, very affordable. You know, Spain is, I believe, right now the largest producer of red wine in the world. And they've had the infrastructure for several, several years or, you know, hundreds of years. The crazy thing is, is a lot of times for centuries, they didn't make very good wine. Uh, some of their winemaking practices were a little bit suspect where they would have these huge clay urns that they would keep the wine out in the, like almost out baking in the sun. And that's the way they knew how to make it for all those years. And it quite frankly, wasn't very good. Now, once they got rid of those urns, got some stainless steel tanks and things like that, boy, the, the, they just had to kind of redo their infrastructure, but they had the wine growing capacity. And so that way, a lot of the wines from Spain, except for maybe, you know, Rioja are very, very affordable. So you're seeing, you know, the Valdepeñas and very uh, uh, other regions kind of crop up. But the nice thing about those there is usually Grenache and Tempranillo, uh, very kind of, there's always a little bit of, uh, a little bit of terroir to them, but then uh, a, a nice round body to them. So a lot of, a lot of options from Spain. There's so many wines, it's like a mushroom popping up after a rainstorm. Well, I know that family-run business called Haskell's, you can find just about anything you want for grilling, whatever the occasion. Uh, Ted, tell us what's going on at Haskell's now. Well, you know, we just kicked off our summer sale that started uh, yesterday. So swing on in and uh, stock up, get ready for all your grilling season. And, you know, we always say we can't prepare the meal, but we can make the experience by selecting the right wine to go with what you're doing that day. There's all kinds of Haskells all around the metro area ready to serve you. We have a Haskells in downtown Minneapolis, Haskells out in Minnetonka across from Ridgedale, Haskells down in Highland Village. We also have a Haskells in Bloomington, Lomans Plaza. If you're out on the lake today, you can swing by Haskells in downtown Excelsior. Also, if you're on the other side of town and maybe out on the St. Croix River, feel free to stop by our Haskells in Stillwater. But there's also Haskells in Woodbury, White Bear Lake, Plymouth, Chanhassen, and if you're down south, Swing by the Haskells in Faribault, but you, if you're going north, swing by our Maple Grove Supercellar. And if that's not enough, we always can stop by Haskells.com 24-7. 
select your wives, and we can even deliver them straight to your house. Excellent. And if that isn't enough, flash, right? All right, absolutely. There are all sorts of ways to connect with that family-run business. Ted, we hope to talk to you soon, and uh, maybe your dad will join us next week. We'll see, huh? Yeah, he's definitely he's off traveling. He's again, spending the kids' inheritance. All right. Yeah, the poor guy never gets anywhere. All right, thanks, Ted. We'll talk to you soon.